well, hello. Welcome to SnapTrack episode five, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the expanding franchise uh, from anywhere across the spectrum. I am Ross, one of your hosts, and I'm joined as ever by Jen. Hi, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Excited to be talking to you again yes. about these uh, two great episodes we've got. We're going to break down two episodes this week, and the theme is Temporally Displaced Descendants. So I was lucky enough to watch the Enterprise episode E Squared. And Jen, what episode did you watch? I was lucky enough to watch uh, Deep Space Nine's uh, Season 5, Episode 22, Children of Time. You can really see the link between those episodes, where there are two sets of descendants displaced in time, and they meet their ancestors for the first time uh, in a, a scenario that would never actually happen, but is so strange <laughs> to watch. Um, and as ever, before we begin our categories and our points uh, dishing out, we have a lyrical recap of each of the episodes under discussion. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. I'm always, I'm always excited about these poems now. <laughs> this is probably my favorite bit of the podcast, listening, writing so a little fun. poem. Well, uh, I don't want to disappoint you today, but I, I didn't write a limerick. Uh, and my, my poem, quite honestly, doesn't even rhyme. Okay? It's no. just uh, th this episode, I want to um, highlight the uh, wonderful new characters that we met Ooh, in this episode. Very good. So mine is just uh, just called Requiem for the Lost. Ooh. Okay. For Dax, who carried the weight of 200 years of guilt. For Miranda and all the Mollies named in honor of the sweet girl who lost her father, O'Brien's all. For precious Lisa, whose spots make her special and the beautiful baby with Benjamin's eyes. For the sons and daughters of Moog, by blood and by choice, who only wish for honorable deaths. For Gaia and all her children, who spent the, their last hours planting and planning for a future they knew would never come. They did exist and always will, as long as we remember. Wow, that was really good. That was quite powerful. That's uh, a, little, a little sad. But uh, yeah, no, that was. Well, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sad yeah. ending to this episode here. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it, you really it is a really sad episode. And Mabel will talk on yeah. on how different the, the sort of the focus of each episode was, even though ultimately the outcomes were very similar, or, or you mm -hmm. suspect them to be very similar at least. But man, that. Yeah, they, they both came at it with quite a different. Uh... From different angles, yeah, you know, it's the same kind of the same problem, but different mm. angles. It's really interesting contrast. Yeah, so, so hopefully we'll touch on that as, as we go through. Uh, that yes. was yeah. really so, good, and you know, thank you. Nice, nice different different focus there as well on the characters we we're never going to see again. Mm. Yeah. So how about how about you for uh, E squared? I also could not put this into a limerick. Because I felt like there was too too much yeah. goes on, and it's also it's not really there are some moments sort of light hearted moments in it, but it's not really a light hearted conversation right. that they're having or what they're trying to achieve. So I I, I wrote a longer serious stakes in that one. It, it is, it is, and they're both yeah. so motivated to do it. They're both so driven that right. no one really discusses what could happen to the the enterprise. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, here's. I've written a sort of a longer poem. It's a it's a genuine sonnet 
although I have not hit the, am- the iambic pentameter. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was too, too hard, too hard. So, the third season of Enterprise, toward the Zindi Arc finale, a duplicate starship surprise, descendants displaced temporarily. A genuine next generation made their home in the Expanse, a paradoxical predestination, the second starship's second chance. The two crews share a single fate, traverse a subspace corridor, then contact Degra Zindi Primate it had not come to pass before. With ancestors free from their temporal twist, does the alternate Enterprise even exist? Oh, Ross, that was gorgeous. <laughs> I, I worked very hard on it. It's not funny, yeah. though, but it is. It, it goes through the entire, the entire, the entire run. And, uh, yeah, it, it really, it, really it, it did it. And it, it really um, speaks to the, um, the talk to the, it really speaks to the tone of the episode because it's, it's, there's, the stakes are so high. And, you know, and, and, and not just like for them, but for the entire, Alpha Quadrant, you know, or yeah. the entire. And it, it's federal, weird because you know, we, we've been watching for Earth, We've been watching the Enterprise sort of build up towards this because you're yeah. right towards the end of uh, that season three, um, and of course for them this has been going on for a hundred years. They've been waiting for this moment to happen, right. so they could do it all again and make sure it happens properly. But yeah, they dedicated no... their entire lives to, to this moment, exactly, basically. Exactly. And with no real thought as to what would become of them if it if it goes ahead. It's yes. not even mentioned. That Yep, that's what's so interesting about why these episodes are so different. Uh, in Children of Time, the basically the entire episode is about what's going to happen to their to their timeline. To the you know, to the exactly. timeline. And in E squared, that's not even a concern. They're they're totally willing yeah. to just give up their existence, uh, you know, to get the Enterprise to, to it's the be- meeting, you know, with Degra. It's because of those high yeah. stakes which are playing on everybody's right. minds. It's not just the Descendants or the Enterprise. Right. It's the entire Earth. Crumbs. Oh, <laughs> like, let's get into this. I feel it's going to be a strong episode. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, these are two great episodes. They are really good. So I will select... Well, Best Temporally Displaced Descendant, which is a, a good category to be in. Um, and I had I had a couple of, I mean, I had a few choices, not quite as many as in the Deep Space Nine episode. Um, I considered some of the main players, Karen Archer and the Descendants of Phlox, and I love the idea that Phlox had nine <laughs> children with one of the Makos. Just thought it was such a bizarre little thing they just throw out. <laughs> But the best character and the one we spend the most time with is Lorian. Mm-hmm. Really interesting mm-hmm. character. Very downbeat. Has a lot more of a balance between sort of logic and humor than Spock ever quite reaches as a half human, half Vulcan. And to me, you know, he he seemed a lot more settled in what he was doing. And perhaps that's because he's never had to really find his place. His mission's always been clear from the day he's been born. And now he's going to carry that mission on. And he's been doing it from the get-go. And all the way through the episode, he was a really strong character. All the drama really comes from him. Everyone else, I'd say, aside from the older Topol, is just sort of set-dressing, really. They're, they're, they're interesting. We learn a little bit about them. And they sort of they add a bit of emotion. But they don't do anything. 
only Lorian and Topol really do anything in this episode. And, you know, as a new character and someone whom we never see again, he does a lot. And uh, as a child of Topol and Trip, that sort of speaks to what could what's going to happen later on in the series as well, which is very interesting. So my best temporarily displaced descendant mm-hmm. is Lorian. He is an interesting character. I I like that uh, as you as you said he's he you know he's much more in touch with his emotions than another half you know mm-hmm. human half Vulcan that we know. Um, but yeah, I, it, I mean because he grew up that way, it doesn't sound like they you know discouraged his emotions at all. You know which you could imagine with having Trip as a father, you know. So that that's, that's he's really interesting from that end. Just having the fact of who his parents are is pretty interesting. Um, but I like uh, that he he's kind of this is, he's actually going to be similar to my pick in my episode um, because he does have a little bit of um, of guilt as his motivation. Um, you know, yes. he, he he lies. He doesn't tell Archer that, you know, there's a chance the, the ship could blow up, you know, um, and the chance is, is high as well. That chance wasn't like an inconsiderable right, you know. chance. That's a big um, and chance. And it all stems from, you know, his guilt, you know, about not ramming the probe, you know, and he wants to, um, he, he wants to just do right by, by his, his people, you know, like he, but um, he's a fascinating character. I, I, I do think it's guilt. Oh, right. I think it's drive as well. You know, this has Absolutely. been drummed into him from day one. You know, you, you've been, you were born and in 100 years, right. this meeting is going to take place and you are to going to have to someone. do it. So, he, you know, yeah, the, the, the pressure must be someone. massive. For him. <laughs> He's a very interesting character. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to hear who your temporally placed descendant so, pick is. Well, yeah, because I, I, I thought about that too. And, and, and well, okay, so for me, I, I did go with mm-hmm. Yedrin Dax for mine. Um I wasn't going to because when you say best temporally displaced descendant, does that imply like he's a good guy or do you know what I mean? So I was like, but but no, you know what? I even though I have to pick him, even though he did, you know, he falsified the logs. I wouldn't even Um, say that makes him a bad guy, though. You know, it just makes him a person. That's what I was gonna say because yeah. So he the the reason he did that was he he also had Mm. guilt. And wanted to just wanted to protect his people, you know. He he, this poor guy has, you know. I will not him, but but Dax has lived with this guilt for two hundred years yeah. of causing this accident, of you know, of being responsible for this, um, you know, civilization even being formed and having to watch, yeah. you know, generation after generation, and and he obviously feels is going to feel protective of that and you know i mean should he have lied to the to them no No. (laughs) you know what i mean this is one of those great Um, moral challenges that when star trek throws it down yeah in in, if you were in his place what would you do you know do you know that it's interesting you say that because i think i i would not have lied and and i think that part of the reason is I've I've had that thought experiment mm. like what would you do if you met your future self or your past self mm. and all, you know just for fun and I would never ever lie to myself like I I can trust myself oh really <laughs> you know what I mean like that's always like I would always tell myself my past self future self that like I would be that myself's biggest advocate you know 
fair enough. But, <laughs> so I, I think I, I think he could have. I mean, but I, he yeah, didn't I just think have, he him. Could have I, I think if it had just been him, he wouldn't have been so concerned. But I, I think it's not just him. It's right. all the people who he exactly. feels he's looking out for as well. He's doing this for them. But, but exactly, I agree. But he know, like he knows Ben. He knows he is Jadzia in he a way. Does, yeah. So he knows that these people, like he could have pled his case to them. And so, you know what I mean. I know, I know. In, it, in it, it is sort of a <laughs> binary also... mentality, isn't it? To just say, "Well, I, I'm either going to lie to them or I'm not." So I might as well write right. them and see if that works. Because exactly, because because like you said, Lorian, you know, had his whole life leading up to this moment to figure out what he was going to do. So so did Yedrin Dax. Yeah. You know. So he instead of like saying saying this is how I'm going to plead my case, this is what I'm going to I'm going to show them this great civilization we built, blah blah blah. Instead of doing that, he came up with this elaborate. Uh, data, you know, like trick, you know what I mean? He manipulated the data and said, oh, like I'll lie to them and get them to go back in time. You know, that's yeah. what he came up with. You know, But but I, yeah. I still picked him just because it, I just think it's such an interesting character, you know? To... I, I love the idea of exploring multiple Daxes and yeah, you know, yeah. seeing the differences, the similarities and just sort of the weird interplay between the two of them because they right. are... They're not the same person, right. but they are the same person yeah. in so many ways. Exactly. And also that, that he has all of her memories about this mm-hmm. event, potentially, yeah. Yeah. And, and knows what played out and knows how she felt about it. Yeah, So, I, and I just can't imagine all the highs and lows he must have experienced, Dax in general must have ex- experienced over these 200 years yeah. of living on, yeah. you know, in this colony. So he's pretty interesting. Uh, They're both pretty interesting characters. From both, they both are, but that's, so. that's, that's because they're sort of the, the the characters who can't possibly exist yeah. and we may never see them. I do wonder whether Lorian and the Enterprise, the E-squared crew, would have ever made a reappearance because there was no guarantee they disappeared. But their timeline uh, collapsed. I would their timeline have... did collapse, but the Expanse <laughs> is a weird place, man. You know, <laughs> anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have called foul on that because their timeline had to have collapsed. There's, but yeah, but I see what you're saying. They they could have hit a little pocket of some weird temporal energy. And <laughs> if, this, if this was a comic book, right. they'd already exactly. be back. They'd be the... <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So points the, wise, what do you think? Points wise, they I mean, I like Lorian, and I do think he's an interesting character. But the 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 Dax, not just not being a different character, but also being the same character. And having the guilt from the action that we saw our Dax take is compelling, isn't it? Yeah. And you sort of understand where he's coming from. And I understand where Lorian's coming from. But the, the, for me, Dax just just pips it, I think. I, I do think he was a good character. And best, you know, best is a placeholder. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an award, uh, an award ceremony. Yeah. 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 I'm, giving, I'm giving my point to Dax as well. Um, just, mm. I mean, Dax in general is my favorite Star Trek character in any incarnation. I just find that fascinating. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I, it was there were some nice moments with Yedrin too, like when when he explained to them all what happened, and and he tells uh, O'Brien that um, you know that he married you know Rita Tenenbaum, and uh, but 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 he has that moment where like he 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 you know puts his hand on O'Brien's shoulder. And he's he's like, it's okay, Miles. Like you you know. You, you were stuck here. There's nothing you could do. There's no way to get back to your family. And you held out for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like you tried to reassure him because he, 
I mean, because he remembers yeah. it. He knows O'Brien personally, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, but it's such, it's such a weird yeah. idea, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's so weird. It, it's funny because the time, it's yeah, because the time descendants is, is weird enough. And then you have these great, uh, you know, like Dax and Odo characters kind of even making it uh, that extra layer of weirdness makes it such a fun episode and the same yeah. way with like DePaul like having DePaul live that, you know that long because she's a Vulcan and it's just so so interesting yes it was very good oh man these two two great episodes and I, re- I really think they benefited from being watched mm-hmm. together from seeing how the same idea is is played yeah, out I had in two fun different doing that ways too, yeah just, they, they are completely different they just use the same premise and the similarities. Well, this might come up, so I won't. I won't spoil anything okay. that may come up. I don't want to start changing, the, uh, discussing things for uh, for our future conversation. All right. Well, okay then. Two points so far for uh, Children of Time. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, then I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with best uh, ancestor descendant character uh, interaction. Okay. Excellent. Okay, so there were a lot of great ones of these. Um, there were some really cute scenes uh, with Cisco uh, playing. You know, he plays baseball with some children, and and how he interacts with the little baby. You know, uh, you know, cuddling the little baby, and it's so sweet, yes. and so fun. You know, yes. and Cisco. I don't think that was Cisco. I think that was uh, Avery Brooks. I think he loved it. That. Oh absolutely you can see, you can see yeah. him and the baby were you don't know who was having yeah. more fun avery brooks and the little cute baby that they had and that one that, that was fun so i wanted to mention that um but uh I, i'm actually gonna stay with yedrin dax for this one uh i th- but there and there's two moments but the one I, i'm gonna i want to talk about that i didn't pick uh for this was was the funny moment in the beginning where uh Yedrin says how about i tell you something only curse yeah. you know and, yeah. and he's you know it's about this dancer that he met and 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 what sells that that line is is the look that ben and jadzia give each other like oh <laughs> <laughs> that's a doozy you know? <laughs> and he's like okay okay you don't say anymore we get it i believe you so which was funny but uh but i really really enjoyed the scene between Cisco, Yedrin, and Jadzia, which uh, occurs right after they find out, uh, you know, Jadzia runs the math and finds out that Yedrin lied. And, you know, and uh, and this is the scene where um, you see the guilt from both Daxes, you know, like they confront him and Yedrin talks about how guilty he was. He, he tells, uh, you know, Cisco, he says, you know, anytime I looked at you, all I thought was about how Jake will never see his father again. And, and it was, you know, I can't live with that. And, and Dax, you know, and Jadzia, you know, you know what I'm talking about because you're feeling this guilt too. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's, it's the way that um, Cisco's interacting with Yedrin here is very similar to the way he interacts with Jadzia on occasion you know just just the the way that they're back they're back and forth is and it's really interesting that he's kind of having that conversation with the same per, you know two two of the same people yeah at two time, of them yeah. Kind of, you know and at the end he's like he's like i'm sorry old man you know there's nothing i could do like i'm i, I know this is a bad situation but you know i can't ask and then he makes an interesting point and he's like i can't ask kira to give up her life for you know what i mean like that's not mine to do and i you know and um and it's, it's just it's just an interesting back and forth, and it's a really really good scene. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, 
that is an excellent scene. The two Daxes as well, they they're not agreeing, but also agreeing. Yeah. It must have been so hard to to act that in a way that is going to be convincing to right. people watching it. Like we're, we're being the same character, we're sharing the same thoughts, we are having an <laughs> argument. At the end of the day, we agree with each other. We still need to be angry. Right. Uh, we, we may come to different conclusions, but eventually we'll agree to the same thing. We know that because we're the same person. It, it's really baffling. Um, I did wonder whether during that conversation, because Cisco does say, I can't give, I can't, there's nothing I can do. And I, I wondered at what point did he start realizing that probably he mm-hmm. was going to have to stay? Because I think, you know, once the story's been told and there's 8,000 right. people there, are you not sort of, I mean, obviously you can't just resign yourself to it because you have a life and you have hope and there are things you want to do. But at some point, you will have to just think, well, right. this has already right. been done and I'm going to have to lump this. And I felt I felt bad for Kira, but she'd volunteered it as well. At that point, she'd volunteered right. it as well. So. But I did. I did wonder. Could Ben have asked Kira? Well, or I, and it's interesting because it? then they all, like all the Defiant crew, have that conversation about what they're going. Because Kara's like, we can't mm-hmm. let these people. If I have to die, then I have to die. And um, the yeah. people who disagree with that are O'Brien and Ben Cisco because they're the ones that have you know children to go mm-hmm. back to. I, I is what I took from that conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, then, but I also think right. Ben's looking out for his crew. Right. That's what that's they're one of his, his responsibilities. You know. Crew. <laughs> he, he, exactly he doesn't well yeah and he although he has some responsibility right. for this this colony right. it's much more abstract it's not the explicit i am in charge of these right. people and it's my responsibility to look out for them which he has with the crew so you can see why that would be so challenging right. but man that's a it's a real mind bender because it throws out no easy answers Right. Well, and I mean, well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I thought about this extensively after watching mm. this episode again. But, um, but if you take away the time displacement aspect of it, and if you just landed on this planet with eight thousand people, and for whatever reason you leaving the planet would cause eight thousand people to die, I don't think, like, I don't think I would leave the planet. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> you know I think I mean? you'd feel like, well and truly stuck. Yeah, like I don't think I could do it. Yeah. You know, so no, so them like so them just blinking out of existence, you know, doesn't make it any better to me. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a bit. I think it's almost worse because yeah. they've never existed. Yeah. Oh, it's it's quite a. <laughs> yeah, quite an it, interesting, it's, it's, um, it's a really really powerful thing to consider. Yeah. So, How about you? for my for my uh, best ancestor descendant interaction, I had two sort of major choices, and I've gone for the more serious one. Um, my 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 secondary choice would have been the conversation between Lorian and Trip. I love that in engineering. It is a great scene, and I, I, we are going to discuss it <laughs> later on. So okay. I won't go into too much talking about too much. But it is a really good scene, and you see. I, I'm going to come back to this a couple of times, but it makes there's so much when you watch the whole of Enterprise in context, and you know mm-hmm. what happens in the last couple of episodes. This this adds so much more gravitas to that conversation and that idea that it, it is super powerful. But actually, for this episode, it's only it's it doesn't 
you wouldn't have known that at the time watching it if you're watching it on the first viewing. Uh, so I picked another, which I thought was a really mind-bending conversation and not far off from the one you've selected, between Archer and Lorian when Lorian is in the brig. So Lorian has attempted yeah. to steal some plasma injectors from the original Enterprise and he has threatened the ship and Archer has talked him down. Now, I honestly really didn't understand where Lorian was coming from with him threatening the ship because presumably you can't blow up your own ancestors and uh, <laughs> then expect to be there to blow them up. It seemed not particularly log- logical. Um and then Lorian is in the brig and he is explaining about all his guilt for not ramming the probe when he had the, had the opportunity, but because he, he really didn't have the strength to destroy the lives of his crewmates and his family, you know, and maybe that's the, that's a problem with a generational ship. He wasn't thinking about the mission. He was thinking about his community, which were all then at risk. Uh, so he then, you know, he'd gone out of his way to save them when perhaps he could have saved the Earth. And he feels guilty because, well, he's had his entire life being told that, you know, you've got to be there to stop the Zindi probe. You've got the opportunity to do this and you can do it. Um, and he just pitched it right at Archer. But I suppose from Lorian's perspective, he knew Archer really well. He knew they had the same goals. He knows what Archer thinks about things. Um he knows how Archer would consider the Cindy probe and how he would respond to certain ideas because he does really know him and respect him and learned from him. So it was a really weird, it was a great conversation with which Archer is in charge, but in reality, Lorian holds all the cards. Right. He knows exactly what's going to happen in this kind of conversation because he may have had them before. Yeah. And, and he's known Archer longer than Archer has known Archer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's not true, but but you know what I'm saying. Like he, like he's. I don't know how long Archer lived, but <laughs> no. And, but and he's, he's worried know, about. Yeah, he knows how he's reacted since this original accident. And yeah, yeah, and and he's worried about his own crew, mm-hmm. and I understand that. But he never, at not one point, does anyone mention. Well, if you ensure that we get through the subspace corridor, you will cease to exist. You won't have been thrown back in time. No one ever mentions that until the very end of the episode. And, it, you know, I did wonder, well, at what point did Lorian decide that it was okay to sacrifice his crew? Was it just after he hadn't done it the first time he realized he should right. have done it? And now he is happy yeah, to, to sacrifice his crew. Because it's never considered. It's, and even at the very end, it's almost presumed that, that the second ship will come through the subspace <laughs> right. corridor. And I was thinking, well, it can't possibly come through, can it? Because it w- won't right. have existed because you have gone through the corridor. And, and that's when they have the discussion about, well, perhaps they never existed, but how would we remember them? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they are floating around out there. The Trellium D and the Hull has pr- pr- preserved their timeline <laughs> in, a ten- in this temporal uh, chronological sphere of reality. I don't know. Right. Something. You can techno-babble that. <laughs> There's definitely some techno-babble that can explain this. Um, but it just seemed like it was a good conversation. It was really powerful. But I also thought they they underplayed how much Lorian could have manipulated what's going on, ha- having so much more information about yeah. the captain, the crew, the motivations, the mission, and the future. That's a good scene. Yeah. That's a good that's a good one. And um and the the one with Trippin and his and Lorian in uh 
and engineering is good too. I'm glad that he got a chance mm. to be for someone to tell him he was a good father. Because <laughs> it's a trip, you know, he doesn't get he didn't get to experience that with, you know, with Lorian or or uh, or Elizabeth, you know, sadly or any or any other children because he. Or, or when he got pregnant trip. in the yeah, first season. That's right. <laughs> oh, poor trip. <laughs> and trip would be such a wonderful father too. That's the thing. Ah. But um, I hope I gave you some hands-on experience. <laughs> I was like, I know where this is yeah. going. I know where this is going. You would have, I'm oh, sure. Trip. trip doesn't have much luck in any timeline, I guess. Um, okay, <laughs> but as far as points goes, where All right. you, so which um, character interaction uh, do you award your points to? I'm going to go for Archer and Lorien in the brig because I own that, you know, very similar conversation to to the conversation that you've, you've highlighted Mm -hmm. where the dishonesty or the, the, the sort of the practice of the, of the descendants has been called into question. But I just thought there was so much, there was so much more resolution to it. It was a much more of a, you know, we are in this together. We're going to work together. We've got a right. joint mission. We can see this through. Whereas if it had been, and, and that really sort of encapsulates the whole episode, whereas if this had been a Deep Space Nine episode, the argument finished and there'd been no resolution because they, they, they were both still concerned about the existence of the timeline, yeah. not the existence of the mission. So I'm going to go with Lorian and Archer in the brig, but, I, you know, in another reality, I'd have gone with you. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Archer talking to people in the brig is always interesting to begin with. Yeah, because I mean, he always starts out being like so angry, like like his. Uh, I mean, you know how Archer is—he gets that initial like rage. Yeah, the <laughs> you know, like, see, in the like bridge, the in, in the, the brig than any other captain. He's always in the oh, brig. Oh, by far, <laughs> by far. They must have but built that then... brig set and thought we're right. getting our money's worth out of this set. Every episode, <laughs> we get an Archer in the brig. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And he always starts out really angry. And then like, you know, he settles down throughout the scene and like listens to what the other person has to say. And he does take, you know, always, always listen, you know, he does never, there's never a scene with him just like yelling. And then that's it. (laughs) You know, they always really always work out something. So so yeah, that's that's a good scene. But I'm going to give my point to uh, Cisco and the two Daxes. And I, I think part of it is that I'm just so biased by my love of Dax that I, I admit that that a lot of my points are going there just because I'm such a Dax fan. But I do think that that scene was just acted so well in such a way that mm-hmm. that Yajid was really acting as if you know as if he was had Jadzia's memories and and I, you know what I mean. Like it was, just, I just think, think it was so well acted by all three of them that that's where my points going. But I, I do like yours so. So that's so far. Now we have um, Children of Time with three and E squared with one. Okay. So your, what's our next category? Category three. I'm going to select best line. Ooh, okay. okay. So I didn't think the writing was as strong for E squared as it was for um, Children of Time. I think it was a lot more emotion in Children of Time. So it was a sort of it was easy to get on board with the line, but there was a couple that really stood out. There's a scene where Trip and T'Pol are chatting about Lorian. <laughs> Trip says to T'Pol, only in the expanse could I have a son who's nearly three times my age. <laughs> I thought that's really that's a really positive spin on this because this is such a complex and weirdly mind-bending idea. 
you've met a son who you didn't know even existed because they don't really exist and they are three times as old as you and they're half Vulcan and at the same time he's just sort of this is lovely I've I've met him and he's such a nice guy and he's three times my and that's crazy and I thought yeah, that was Chet nice just rolls with it. I yeah thought, I like that <laughs> yeah he, he really did and it was nice and at the end he does have a bit of a him and Paul have a little bit of a Barney and uh, he 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 says I must have gotten stuck with you because I can't imagine me getting getting with somebody who's so grumpy all the time or something along those lines. And I was like, I'm not going to use that as my best line, but it was a nice little scene. They were they having a nice little argument, quite quite parental. Um, but the best line was from the scene with Lorian and Trip in the in the the engineering uh, the engineering deck where they're we're trying to fix up the engines. Uh, Lorian to Trip, you were a good father strange being able to tell you that oh. because it's so sad and it links to what happens in demons and what happens uh, in these are the voyages mm-hmm. they, of course the trip do have a child and trip does die but without ever knowing the child it, oh, it was man. really it's really emotional really sad and maybe in hindsight this works better because here he is with a sort of a one-off could have been a one and done we never mentioned it again but because of what happens in later episodes this has this had a lot of resonance and this was probably the one time you really got to have any sort of meaning relationship with anyone who would be a descendant of his mm-hmm. oh, i'm gonna cry now <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really day. sad idea oh. You're a good father. It's strange being able to tell you that. Oh, and Lorian looks really happy. He looks quite pleased to tell him yeah. it as well. Like, it's not strange, you know, because he has got that better control of his emotions and better sort of understanding of what it means right. to, to be around humans. But- and he enjoys it. He enjoys chatting to him. He enjoys spending time with him. He enjoys working together with the engines. They obviously have a good relationship. And you think, that's that's lovely. Oh, that's so good. I can't, I can't compete with that. <laughs> I'm already thinking I'm going to give my boy to you. Well, well no. Let, let me hear. What's your best line? What's your best line? Okay. All right. All right. So um, I actually am going for a funny one here. So I'm lightening the mood a little good, bit. Good, good. Because I could, you know, I could have went with the classic, you know, the ending, Cisco. You know, they existed. As long as we remember them, they always will. That's powerful. And that's that. Yeah. That's beautiful and that's powerful. But I, I had to go with a funny one because there's one that I use like in my daily life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but there's one more. St- but before I tell you what mine is, there was another funny one that I wanted to mention uh, during Best Line because uh, it's a line that's said twice in the episode. Oh, right. Which is really interesting. Yeah. And it's, 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 uh, she's an O'Brien, all right. Yes. Yes. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. So, so it said once in the beginning when Jedzia scans. Uh, Miranda O'Brien's DNA, you know, and she says, "Oh, you know, yep, scientific, you know, meaning scientifically, yeah. she's an O'Brien, all right." And then once at the end, <laughs> when little Molly O'Brien, um, oh, um, and then Molly O'Brien at the end, uh, you know, she says to to, uh, to Miles, "Aren't aren't you going to help?" And he says, "I'm busy," and and little Molly says, "You don't look busy." And Cisco <laughs> just starts cracking up laughing, and he's like, "Yep, she's an O'Brien, all right." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so funny that uh, they use, you know, there's two ways they could use that line. You know, you're scientifically yeah, that's a good line. and you're yeah. also temperamentally an O'Brien. And just, <laughs> that's laugh just like sold. It was so funny. But the one I picked um, is, is, is at the end again during the planting time. 
and uh it, it's uh and Worf you know and 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 the sons uh the sons of Moog you know show up to the field mm. and uh you know he's like oh I thought you said there you know there there was an enemy to fight you know or whatever and and um and Worf goes you know they're attempting to plant their field you know before the sunset and the line and the line he says is time is their enemy we should help them defeat it <laughs> And I, I just love yeah. that line. I use that now, like when I when I have to beat a deadline. The time is my enemy. I have to defeat it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. So I, I like, and the thing that I like about that line is, is it works too. Like they, they're like, they're like, oh, okay, yes, yeah. And 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 the the leader says, go get the others. You know, we're gonna help plant the field. And I, 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 I like when they do that with Klingons. Um, there's a couple scenes like that in Star Trek where. The, like they they kind of share uh, shy away from them being um being like parodies of themselves you know because yeah. you see them being like oh we're too we're too cool you know like, like we're yeah we're too, we're we, we don't we don't like, yeah we, we don't do that. manual labor yeah yeah but the they hunting. don't they're like they're like oh okay time's their enemy we'll bring the bring the others we shall help hmm. them defeat it you know and i like i always like when they do that kind of thing with klingon so that's my favorite. We didn't really talk about the the chill, the, the sons of Moog because they were a really interesting part of, of, of your episode. Yeah, and um, you know, you didn't. They didn't. The writers didn't have to go down that road. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do that. If they hadn't put those in, we, we you know, you it wouldn't have changed the episode somewhat so right. much. But it just creates. It just expands the the, the whole universe, doesn't it? Yeah, and that it really sort of solidifies Worf's. We know Worf is a Klingon. And despite his human upbringing, he is solidly a Klingon. It's not like he's conflicted or anything. He's definitely a Klingon, perhaps more so because he's had to rail against it. And that's interesting in itself. Uh, Interesting in itself because they could have gone the Mm -hmm. other way. He could have been struggling with his Klingon identity the same way Alexander does. Uh, But he doesn't. He is solidly a Klingon. And that's been passed down. That sort of code and ethic and idea has gone down. really is interesting and the fact that you know it's almost two societies yes. have sprung up the 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 the, the children the, the 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 families in the town and then the families out in the fields and they've got a just you know a whole other society who knows how big this could have gotten right and i i like the way that the two groups interact with each other like they're the sons of moog are free to to you know to come to town they're but it, it, like they're not judged you know that you, you know um they they talk about how they like trade the yeah. furs you know for other supplies so that they have like this great exchange you know what i mean yeah. um they, they work together like and they're very in in a very understanding way it's a, you know, ge- a genuine society isn't it a genuine and, society yes and i love how it's um it's not just like worse descendants it's whoever wants to you know embrace the code embrace the right. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know like like um you know and, they, and you and they have that little kid who who <laughs> wants to be one someday you know yeah. and they're like yeah yeah you can prove yourself to be a warrior someday mm-hmm. you know when you're older and 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 it seems like he would have that chance and everyone would be like okay do you know do what's right for you would, and, would you do it, it seems like a really really great oh me no no, no i'm not be terrible at it i'll be awful <laughs> i'd be the Send worst thing the all time <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah i would not yeah no <laughs> I, I only like pretend like fake violence like if there was a video game i'd be a klingon you know and use a batleth but 
<laughs> I wouldn't be able to hurt a fly in real life. No, so yeah, I'd be a, a terrible. I'm a, I'm a terrible coward. I, I, I wouldn't even. Jumps. Yeah, I'd be, I'm a coward too. I honestly would not do well, even just in Starfleet. <laughs> quite, quite honestly, unless I could just, you know, be an engineer somewhere. Yeah, I reckon I'd be one of those, ever fight, those good you know? Shepherd Starfleet guys from Voyager who never leave the ship. Just, just yeah, find yeah. me a nice room. <laughs> find me a nice room in the bowels of the ship. I'll be happy there. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, but I like that. And you know, no, everyone's allowed to be who they want to be. Like it's yeah. a really nice little society they built for themselves. It really—that's what makes it so and sad when it gets erased yeah, from time. It, it's so sad, and um, and you know, and and I can talk about this now because the the, the planting scene is one of is actually one of my favorite scenes um in in ds9 um because it's it's beautiful like everybody works together you know the people that live in gaia Mm -hmm. the people from uh the the defiant you know the sons of moog everybody comes together and and does this this manual labor you know what i mean like to to make yeah. you know the and, and it's, it's a massive scene as well this, like a proper outdoor scene with yeah, hundreds of yeah. extras and, it's huge and then and knowing that it's not going to matter because they're going to cease to exist at sunset or you know and still oh, doing nice. it and it's just it's just and i and i love that that's what makes o'brien you know come to his senses yeah. and say like okay we can't you know we're being selfish we can't let these people die you know and i thought i think that's really interesting because you could see that like and then cisco's like yeah yeah i know <laughs> you know you can kind of tell that he's been thinking the same thing watching this thinking about this for this a while scene, you know yeah. and it's a pretty long thing you know oh, like man. it lets you it lets you sit there yeah. and see them do manual labor for a while you know what i mean and everyone does their part and i, I just love that it's such a cool scene it is a great scene oh these yeah. episodes, man, these are good. <laughs> these are good episodes. Oh, we've gone completely right. off topic. I know. We've gone okay, down the rabbit line. hole. Best line. Best line. I, I am giving my point to E squared on this one because I literally almost cried <laughs> thinking about I, it. I love trips so much. <laughs> I am also giving my best line point to Lorian and Trip yeah. because that was, you know, it was a, a great line and I just felt the power of it knowing what happens in the future. So, yes, yeah. they deserve it. Now, I love Dax, but I have to admit, too, that Trip Tucker is also one of my favorite characters. And it's... You've got, you got to start whittling these guys down. Get, you know, get your, get your top five in order. <laughs> I know. But, um, yeah, so... And it's it's just... So, he's just got such a tragic end, and it's it makes me so sad. And, oh, he doesn't deserve it. I've got the follow-on book, the Star Trek Enterprise, The Good That Men Do. Yes. Follow-up novel. Love I've it. never read it. It's literally sat in it. front of me right now at eye level. <laughs> I have not read it. You but should apparently it good now. things happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you should do? You know, you have to watch These Are the Voyages and then read that book right after. Because really? yeah, because it's really funny. They have a a lot of little little nods to um I'm assuming you know what happens in it basically. But I, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a completist. Uh, well, I, I, no, no, no. In the, in the book, like, I don't want to give anything away about the book. But no, I don't know anything. How, I, I know, I know the idea is it's retcon yeah, somehow yeah. or it's undone. But I don't know how yeah. it's undone. They, I have they no have idea. A little, what a little funny little mentions about what the, the events in that. So I, I would watch these are the voyages and then read that book, and it's it's good. So it's a really okay. good one. I really enjoy that book. Okay. But okay, so three all. <laughs> We're at yeah, tied so up good. three all. Okay. okay. So category four. 
I'm going with the most interesting thing that a character is told they will do in the future. Oh, I love this category. This is a great one. I love it when this happens in TV shows. Oh, me too, me too. But the scene with O'Brien and Bashir when they're chatting about when Bashir is talking about yes. who he will marry, and they're talking about who he, that is just so funny. It's really, really hilarious. It is. There's a scene with Jedzia and and Yedrin Dax, and that's that's interesting too because he's basically telling her memories that he has, but it's her future. So that's interesting. You know, he's like, he's like, yeah, I cut my hair that summer. Yeah. Worf didn't like it. And, and you know, and I told my girl back before he got the, the wedding. And she's like, whoa, 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 Ooh. back it up here. <laughs> we get married, <laughs> you know. And, and that, that's a fun scene, too. Yeah. But I picked for the most interesting thing a character is told they will do here is Kara learning that she will die. So I picked this as the most interesting uh, thing for me because there's there's a really unique scene where Kira goes to visit her own grave with Gaia Odo, mm, and yeah. that, that scene's just just really really poignant. And um, you know they talk a little bit about you know about how Odo felt about her and and you know and how he's changed and and, and it's really interesting. But she Kira being such a spiritual person. Made that made that scene um, just extremely interesting because you, you know you could tell that she was you know she struggles with um, with fate and you know what her fate actually is and and what what it means that there's two possible futures and 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 it's just it's just a very like her like her thoughts uh, juxt- uh, you know the juxtaposition of that and the fact that she's next to her own grave thinking about these issues. <laughs> um, it has made it a really, really unique mm. scene, and I, I thought that that was fascinating. Um, another th- thing that I think is fascinating about that is literally the only grave you see on that hill is Kira's. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, which I I found really interesting because um, I, that makes me think that like maybe the people of Gaia in in general, you know, maybe they eat their you dead. Know, just, i don't think they eat their dead (laughs) but that could could, you know i was thinking more of maybe like they cremate their dead or something like that or you know um but but i'm sorry i I couldn't resist (laughs) we're into a real alternate timeline here (laughs) but um but i i feel like that's interesting because then i feel like they just they honor kira by giving her what i assume would have been a proper you know bajoran Mm -hmm funeral and everything that entails and this beautiful you know headstone um there's a tree there that looks like it could be you know like a 200 year old tree like maybe they planted it specifically there you know this beautiful tree by kara's grave and and it's just you know everything's around it with with you know with what the scene means this location of the scene and and the time that they're there is i just i just find it really interesting so that to me was was the was the most fascinating one i i think Selecting Kira and Odo for that bit was just about perfect because yeah. it would not have worked. The idea of coming to terms with your own death as a greater good, I don't think would have been as easy or as perhaps as doable for any of the other members of the cast mm-hmm. and any other crew members yeah. because she has that spirituality and she's guided by what goes yes. on, by what the prophets tell her to do. And she knows that the prophets are sort of outside of time. Mm-hmm she has that awareness and she knows that you know they can they can figure things out right. in the future and the past because they don't they don't have to deal with these problems 
and I think that maybe helps her come to terms with the idea that perhaps this is where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to end up, and and this is all part of a plan which can go backwards or forwards in time, and that's okay. Uh, so I don't think anyone else could have come to terms with it as quickly or as well as she did. And she sort of was the hinge as well, where it all started to turn like, right. I'm happy for this to happen. And that takes a lot of pressure off everybody else to be like, okay, well, if Kira has come to terms with it, mm-hmm. we need to start really considering whether it's something we should do. Because right. she, of all of us, has the most to lose. I mean, arguable, Cisco and right. uh, Miles might say they are going to lose their families. But their families are still going to exist. They're still going to to be there. She's not going to. So I thought that was a really strong scene. And having Odo up there with her, whom I thought was incredibly creepy all the way through the episode. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> and selfish, incredibly selfish. Yeah, I mean, even awful. even before he killed 8,000 people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, even like he's still, he's very like, uh, you know, I'm so happy that, you know, like not that you're going to live, but that, Oh no, this other doesn't have to lose you. It's kind of, you know what I mean? Like it was still yeah. kind of mo- it's mo- really weird. Himself. Yeah, he w- it was really weird. And it and it's kind of I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, yeah. That's, I don't that's know. a dark place for Odo to go. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a good way to put it. it and that and that he's and surpri- mar- a little bit surprising. Yeah. And that he he linked with himself as well, which must be Yes. I mean, the weirdest thing to try and do. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to try and sort of put it into a human context, but it's just so bizarre. And that he has all of those memories and all of that sort of awareness of what's happened. That must influence him. But really, right. he comes out the same sort of staid, gruff, mildly embarrassed that it's happened, but let's just pretend to ignore it and that will be fine. I found the whole thing so weird. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't seem to be upset with the fact that his future self you know, murdered 8,000 people. He's just like, oh, just just so you know, it was me. Well, he no. sort of defended him at the end, didn't he? Yeah. It's like, well, he made me thought you were worth it. I'm like, oh, right. I wouldn't have said that. Even if I thought I wouldn't have said that out loud. Right, right. And then it's like, too, well, I mean, would they ever have gotten together if, you know, they, you know, if, like, the game wasn't given away, you know, by Gaia Odo, you know? No, because Kira would have met another sort of religious Bajoran. Yeah, like Odo would never have said anything, and ever. he would have met somebody else, never... and yeah, and it would have happened. But... Yeah, timelines would have been totally different again. Yeah. Oh god, it's so weird to think about this. Every every time a butterfly, you know, flaps its wings, there's a new timeline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Kira select Kira coming to terms with her own death and sort of acknowledging it's going to happen is super weird so well done for choosing that because it is very interesting um my most interesting thing a character is told they will do in the future i I don't i didn't have as many as you uh i don't think but one of them was archer handing control of the enterprise to lorian and how at some point archer obviously knows he is he is deceased in this other timeline but the idea that since then there's only been two captains there's been archer and there's been lorian arguably lorian is the more experienced officer knows the expanse more than he does it's just such a weird sort of right. a weird consideration um you know you, you're going to hand you're going to hand the, you're going to pass over the keys to the ignition to me and i'm now going to be in charge and i'll do everything you've told me to do because you were the captain who trained me to be the captain oh mad 
and I, I, I love it. I like, he does a little Vulcan humor too, and he's like, "We would appear to be evenly matched mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're in the little battle." That's nice. I was like, "Oh yeah, there's two Enterprises too. Yeah. Like <laughs> we have duplicates, you know, of not to, you know we don't have, just have descendants of people, you know. <laughs> we also have a, you know the Enter- our character, the Enterprise. Yeah. we've got the same shields, the same phasers. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same grappler. It's all the same." <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the se- the bit I selected though was a much smaller scene and a little more a little more humorous. It was um, when they were going through uh, Lorian's DA, and they had the Molly O'Brien moment uh, when Flux is telling uh, Archer and Topol that Lorian is indeed uh, half human, half Vulcan, and that he was told he will successfully merge human and Vulcan genomes. And he looks so proud of himself. Yes. And it is interesting. And then there's a nice little bit just after that where he seems a little bit almost reluctant to tell them that Tucker mm-hmm. is the father, even though we we all knew it was going to be Tucker. But he didn't want to say because it's just, <laughs> that could be awkward, couldn't it, for T'Pol? Like, just so you know, this is your son and the father is bloody blah. So we know what happens. We know what's going on here. Um, it was just, it was a nice little moment. And it sort of shines a light on what happens with Sarek and Amanda having a half half Falcon, half human son. Right. And then, of course, what happens with Elizabeth. And, um, it, it just shines a little light on that. And, you know, it, it's nice to see that it's still strange for them, that this is new. Uh, it, it's putting them really in the Star Trek timeline context, isn't it? Whereby we know that Spock is a sort of anomaly being a half human, half Vulcan in the, in the 23rd century. But even before then... That idea hasn't. That idea has not been fully explored. Could this happen? Should this happen? Are, are the two species? Could the two species interbreed? And it's it's interesting. And just Flox obviously plays it amazingly because he he's great in every episode. Uh, and just that little sort of smile and a little bit of embarrassment. It was a nice little moment, and he seemed quite proud. So I picked that as my moment. That is that's a good pick, and that, and you're right. That's funny. That is a moment that you know, Tapal and Flox both find out something mm. about their future. Yes, um, which is which, which is funny. Yeah, and and, and yeah, and Flox is great. I, it, he's really in tune with with the members of his crew. You know, so he knew it would be kind of awkward to yeah, you know, say who the daddy was, I'm... and and it was it was an interesting scene to watch. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, the the. I did want to. Uh, I'm glad you didn't pick the seed with uh, the scene with um, Reed finding out that he. Uh, oh, do you know what? I, he doesn't... I was going to. I felt really bad for Reed. I felt so bad in that scene. For... Just it just made me think about how awkward it could be to live your entire yeah. life knowing that you never you never met anyone or right. you know there was no long term right. lasting relationship in the future. It was always just just you. Doing your job just, on the enterprise. Yeah, oh, I feel so bad, and, and it was just the way it was, you know. Like, um, oh, she was just like, oh, yeah, this is great. How, who do you end up with? You know, like this funny little, you know, thing. And he's like, no one. I end up with no one. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> who did you think Hoshi ended up with? They never told oh, you who. She never found out. Who do you reckon it was an unknown? Was hoping to end up with Mayweather. <laughs> really, Mayweather. I guess that did no. happen. But... No, I oh, reckon I the, well, it's the funny chef. like like Mako, like all the Makos seem to be hot commodities here. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, maybe they're they're, they're fast and loose, aren't they? The Makos they're just they're taking it as it comes. <laughs> My headcanon for poor Malcolm is that maybe he just decided he didn't want to, you know, bring a child into that 
kind of environment, you know? Because I don't, because no. I don't, oh. you know what I mean? Because I don't know that I'd honestly want to have a child knowing that they just have to live their whole life on the spaceship and, you know, because we're stuck, because we can't, com- you know, um, because we can't contaminate the timeline and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. There's there's a lot of things they could have no. done. They could have left the expanse. They they could have even gone to the Vulcan High Command. They could have even yeah. hidden there. I mean, they, they, that's yeah. They could have like told somebody in power, and you know yeah. what I mean, and just and, like, and kept hidden, out of, you know, kept hidden. out of history's way. Yeah, you yeah. know, find a quiet little corner of the world and keep out of history's right. way. They could have done right. that. They didn't have to stay yeah. on the ship for a hundred years. <laughs> But I mean, they obviously. Well, do. I mean, because even because even just going to someone in power and telling them, "Hey, on this date, mm. th- um, there's going to be an attack on you know Florida yeah, yeah. and Venezuela, you know, <laughs> perhaps you should do something about but that." But surely, you know? whatever instead they, of just having to be just them. Surely, whatever they do, though, is a is a is a yeah. assault on the timeline. Even just hanging oh, yeah. around the expanse even, and yeah. being picked up by the Zindi. And I thought that was a lovely little moment where. They keep they keep mentioning that oh that's why the Zindi keep asking how many starships there are yeah I thought that was cool other yep. starships yeah that was really nice really nice little bit yeah yeah well yeah because they didn't worry about contaminating you know like like they picked up Archer's wife whoever he ended up marrying from some planet that's a contamination yeah. you know <laughs> yeah who, who <laughs> so, knows what she would have done they just didn't want exactly. to contaminate Earth you know is that okay. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. One other thing I want to mention is just another another um, notch in the uh, in the ledger of how Trip Tucker is like literally the the greatest man in the history of <laughs> of time is the little <laughs> bit where they talk about uh, a little scene with Trip and DePaul, and they talk about their honeymoon because uh, apparently Trip found out what they did yeah. for their honeymoon. They had their honeymoon, you know, in the cargo bay, and and Trip got sand from an asteroid and put up a fake palm tree, and they had a little pretend honeymoon in the cargo bay, and that's just such a sweet thing to do. <laughs> and I just love that no, little detail. To t- that's totally something Trip would do, and it's just that was a cool moment too. So yeah. okay for for points. That was good. I think for 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 just the sheer gravitas and how much hung on it, I'm gonna to have to select the uh, the Kira the Kira choice because his it you know it's strong and she accepts it so it's really dignified, it's really emotional, it's it's great, and she's not just told she's not told she's it's it's something that everybody knows they're going to do as well, isn't it? Everybody knows they're going to die. But right. having that finality placed upon you and being told when it's going to happen—that's something we don't we don't usually look forward to. And she dealt with it really well. It's a good pick, and the the show really hinged on on her sort of coming to terms with that. Yeah. So, I give you my point. You know, you you did have a good point though about E squared about how that kind of was important for, you know, for the for the future. You know, as far as like there being mm-hmm. a way to you know for humans and Vulcans to to uh, mate <laughs> so that i mean that is that does add a little bit of uh weight to that scene hmm i think i'm gonna go with kara give my point to kara though because you know reflecting over your own grave is just it was just a very interesting way to convey that so yeah it's very very dickensian very yeah scrooge yeah. looking at himself <laughs> and just considering <laughs> the possibility i didn't even yeah yeah i didn't even think of that <laughs> Well, it's just not just after Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're at um, Children of Time has five points and E squared has three points. Mm. Okay. 
So, well, the final category for this evening is most long-lived. Um, and I figured we could pick any character who was going to be around for a long time. I really only had the one to select, other than the Enterprise herself, which is still running, oh, yeah. uh, Topol. She is yes. still around, old Topol. So I didn't know exactly how old she was, but according to Memory Alpha, she's approximately 182 years old at this point. And oh. she is... E, e squared to Paul is 182? E squared to Paul is 182. Is She's in her mid-60s wow. during the ENT, the original yes. Enterprise run. <laughs> and she seems just completely cool. She is. She has figured out her place. She's, cut, she's made peace with everything that's happened to her. She's looked back on her life fondly and is happy and is happy with ha- happy. She is happy with how things have gone. And that's not something she could have been unless she'd suffered through her Trillium D addiction, spent time in Enterprise, fallen in love with Trip. She couldn't have been happy. She wouldn't have had that emotion to feel. So she's looking back at her life in such a such a positive way. And at the same time, she still isn't trying to preserve it. She's only trying to preserve it in terms of what her younger self could do. They, she's not insisting they follow this timeline through again exactly. She's giving her, she, she gives her younger self some really great advice. Uh, and it weirdly parallels sort of the Star Trek 2009 film yes. where Spock gives his younger self advice. And it's, it's really, it's it's an interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's just it's a bizarre. I mean, she is great. She's super old, uh, <laughs> if, if that's a positive. But she just she is really, she's really just leaned into her life, and she's obviously a, a much more rounded and happier and appreciative person at 182. And then she is at mid sixties. She's still finding herself. She's still unsure of herself. She's got such a long way to go to become this person, this older version of herself, who is so happy and so pleased and just is so satisfied with what's gone on. That's what I felt anyway. Yeah, she's great. I love Old Paul. I love that mm. scene with her and her younger self. You know, and yeah. and and I mean, and and she gives herself information that's you know kind of got to you know it's gonna stick with her i mean she's yeah. basically tells her she'll never fully recover you know no. and the, the emotions she's having you know are just gonna be with her and she has to learn to deal with it and she obviously mm-hmm. has she's she, you know and you can see her um her obvious uh she, she obviously still has love for a trip after all these years yes, he, he, yes. he died not that long after you know, this happened really. No, I mean, her, things, you know, like 14 for her life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 20 years, yeah, really. She'd have known right. it. And, um, you know, and I love that she, that old to Paul is able to, you know, like still access those emotions, you know, um, you know, she says, I can't mm. imagine my life without him, you know, at one point doesn't, or something like that. And that's like, Oh, that's yeah, so yeah, sad. Yeah. Cause they've lived, she's lived so long without him, you know? And, um, know. and her scene with Archer, was great um uh she you know she gives him all the data she you know she knows that he deserves to know the truth and and then and yeah. then archie gets that great line you know um you know i've got two to who who disagree with you you know 
<laughs> yes, like, that is a good line. Ideal, That's a good line. Go, yeah. <laughs> Both, both my defaults tell me otherwise, you know, <laughs> which is great. So, yeah, so she's great. Line. So 182. Hmm. So I think I can beat that. 182. So she's pretty I, long. I can beat that with two characters, actually. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so two characters are actually. So, okay. So basically, so Gaia is 200 as a, you know, society is 200 years old. Uh-huh. So. I have two characters who are at least 200 years, which already beats to Paul. Mm-hmm. So I have Odo and Dax, right? Yeah. So, we count, so Odo, we actually don't know how old he is. No. We have no idea how long he was, you know, floating in the Denorius belt before they found him. You know? Oh, God, he could have been there so, for years. Yeah, he could have been hundreds of years for all we know. Um, now Dax, we do know, we know that da- the Dax Simeon was born in 2018. <laughs> oh yeah. She just had her birthday. So that makes her, that makes, uh, that whatever, the, I don't know what Dax's preferred pronoun is mm. in, the, in the Simeon state, uh, state, but, uh, 356 years old before, uh, getting stuck it on oh gaia so plus 200 so that's 556 years old oh my goodness so that is a <laughs> that is an age and, yes and you know however many lifetimes i guess they don't i don't know how long a troll lifetime is so i don't know how many hosts no, um were passed down the same but he does talk Yajin does talk about you know passed down from descent you know jedzia's descendant to jedzia's descendant so mm. um, i wonder how weird that would be as well you know yeah to have because it's not just you know a random trill is getting right. a random but you're getting a close family member symbiont oh yeah yeah who, that is interesting who will have perspectives on you yeah. and suddenly you will <laughs> be able to see yourself through somebody else yeah. it's probably why the trill government banned it right probably <laughs> leads to intense paranoia um but completely crazy thought right but i just uh, you know uh, it seems like that the kind of thing that would drive you mad to, to have those memories of yourself and conversations you may have had from two different perspectives. Can you imagine how infuriating it would be to have both sides of an argument running through your head? <laughs> there are so many implications of this joining yeah. that like <laughs> make my head spin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, and not actually another, another shout out on your, uh, on children of time. Quark still making an yes. appearance as the teacher. He's still knocking around as the, as the telling people how many fields of yarn wheat they have to. I can't remember what it, what it was. Yeah. How many how many fields they have to grow? Yeah, that was pretty that good. That was good. And I love the explanation that Jadzia, you know, got his his uh, you know his visuals from the database because she always thought thought he'd be a good math teacher. She just missed him. We know she that did, Dax has a soft spot for Quark. Yes. She wanted her friend Quark to uh, yeah. be a part of their <laughs> their little civilization. <laughs> that was in such a funny way. That was great. Uh well, that I mean, there's if the point you you win. I I knew as I selected <laughs> this that uh, I knew that Dax was the the longest lived. Yeah. So or, or Odo, I mean, Odo could it, even be older than that for all we know. Who knows? I know. Yeah. I don't want to think about because the older he gets, the weirder he gets. So I don't <laughs> want to think about how old he's going to get and how weird he's going to be in a thousand years' time. Ugh. And I guess I mean, and is the implication like was he 
when he was found? Was he a baby? Like they the baby him. changeling he found? I'm so not I guess even we, sure we, baby. Because we have seen a baby changeling. So it's not like all the changelings all are the same yeah. age. You know, which is... I'm not even sure how uh, so, it works. Because how would you know. even be a baby? <laughs> You're just like one of the, the slime pool. There's just a bit that hasn't... Yeah. That hasn't... In- so was he a baby or did he just not know how to change? But they refer to him as an infant changeling, don't they? An infant changeling. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And so. then, then he finds another one later on, doesn't he? And it does it merge with him later on? Yeah, that's the one I'm Yeah. It, well yeah, that like well, that's what I'm talking about when he yeah, finds the baby yeah. changeling and then he try you know, he tries to teach it and it ends up, you know, it dies before it dies it. He gives Odo back his ability to shapeshift. Yes, yes, yes. Just remember when, uh, yeah, Odo got his ability taken away by the fa- somehow the founder could take his ability to change away from him, which is also yeah, I remember yeah. implication because how can you do that? Like uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> wow, there's, there's a lot of you know when you when you start looking into these things. Well, I, we trust the founders no things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, so. All right. I guess the points have to go to Dax for you know for now for you know for what we know. Dax is the only go on then. Beam. I, I let I, I give you those points. So so how do the scores tally up then okay, towards the end so of the episode? Okay. So now, uh, Children of Times the winner with seven points, and E squared has three points. Um, oh, that's it. Could have gone differently, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I think your picks were pretty strong. And I think yours, yours has that. Your the the children of time is just so emotional and so strong. Yeah, you know, it deserves. And these squares are really good. A really good episode too. It I mean, there's episode. a lot in there. I did like it. Yeah, so they're both good, but just the way the categories fall. Well, well done, you. So, uh, you I, I'll see you at the awards ceremony to receive your trophy <laughs> for this week. Okay, so we will leave you with the theme for next uh, next episode. It is kidnapped to appear in wrestling matches <laughs> going to compare the original series gamesters of triskelion with voyages sunkatsi and you can see how those two are completely compatible and utterly ready for discussion so i look forward to speaking to you jen soon about these two amazing episodes yeah the jokes the, the as we did this time were a little bit heavy so it'll be nice to have a little bit more of a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know. We'll, we'll, who, who knows what we'll find? Yeah, who who knows? knows what we'll find? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, feel free to contact us on Twitter. We're at SnapTrek, and please let us know uh, your thoughts. We uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and you can also uh, reach me uh, at, at Twitter. I'm at Edith Quarks. And Ross. I am also on Twitter. I am uh, Taborg at strtrk1701 and i look forward to hearing any limericks uh ideas for other categories we could have come up with or what you think should have been our selection for uh, our category choices okay all right and we'll talk to you next time bye